All right, and we are live. Uh, welcome to Staking Mondays, guys. My name is Mirko. I'm the CEO of Staking Watts, and today is my pleasure to interview Guy Sisking, founder and CEO of Secret Labs. Um, Secret Labs is the development studio behind Secret Network, which is a layer one Cosmos SDK chain focused on privacy and Web3. Welcome, Guy. How are you doing? Very good. Thanks for having me. How are you? Awesome. Yeah, great to have you on the show. I'm really looking forward to the episode. It's going to be amazing talking about uh, privacy, uh, Web3, um, and the Cosmos ecosystem in general. Um, and we can jump right into it, I would say. So Secret Network is one of the most important chains when it comes to privacy uh, on-chain. Um, first of all, like, why do you think privacy is so important for Web3? Well, I think privacy is important for Web in general, not just Web3. Um, it's definitely important for Web2. Uh, as it turns out, privacy in Web3 is even harder because in Web3, we, we kind of sacrifice privacy for, let's say, integrity by default. So, for example, um, Bitcoin, for example, right? Like we, we, we know we can trust the system uh, so people can double spend and people can uh, make money out of thin air. So that's integrity. But we compromise on privacy, right? Everyone can see our transactions, everyone can link. Um, if, if, they, if someone gets wind of a single wallet that you use, then they can probably de-anonymize your entire financial history very easily. Whereas in, for example, Web2, we trust the bank or we trust the central bank, um, but then the bank sees our data, which isn't great either, but everyone else does not. So there's more privacy. So again, privacy is important for Web2, it's important for the web in general. It's much harder to achieve in Web3, but it's definitely as important, if not more. What What do you think, or like, what would you say are the biggest risks if we like say we build a decentralized Web3 without privacy, for example? I just think we won't get adoption. Uh, I think you know, um, I, I've been in crypto for uh, closing in on a decade soon, um, and so it's it's still amazing to me that everyone knows about blockchain and cryptocurrencies today but let's face it we're still tiny we're still very small um, people know of it but most people don't use it um, and i think that if we were to scale the system uh, to hundreds of millions of people and billions of people uh, people won't use it if there's no uh, basic notion of privacy yeah, that makes sense. No, that's a, that's great efforts, definitely. Uh, I think what you're doing is very important for the space. Um, like recently, there was the the Conado Cash incident, right? Um, and like there there are quite some regulatory consequences. Um, has that made you more thoughtful of privacy or like what you are building, or has it actually like motivated you um, to really like push Secret Network even more? Um, maybe you, you can you can give a, a little bit like an, an overview to that incident from your view and how it has impacted you and your work? So first of all, definitely the answer is that it, it motivated me. Um, I do think the incident is unfortunate, at least in the way that it's been handled. I think that's a, now it's a pretty popular opinion whether you're a privacy advocate uh, or not, um, because I think let's say a lot of, of um, um, red lines have been crossed um, by doing it this way. But at the end of the day, the reason why it motivates me especially is because um, 
it's it, it reminds me of things that um, we've seen with encryption technology when it was very nascent in the early 90s, for example, right? Like public key cryptography and all that. And there were ridiculous rules like you can't ex like you have to to if you if you're exporting um, encryption outside of the US and you have to use um, trivially breakable keys or like weak encryption, which is useless and stuff like that. And yeah, at the test of time, we see that these things they don't hold, right? Like at the test of time, eventually um, uh, uh, people mature, even regulators, even nations understand that technology is here to stay. Advancement is, you know, is part of reality. And then the interesting question arises, how can we use these technical tools um, instead of trying to stop them from happening? Because they're here, how can we use them to our benefit? And I do think, I firmly believe, and, and I firmly believed for many, many years now that even countries, even regulators can use privacy enhancing technologies. And that's the name these technologies are called like in academia, right? Privacy enhancing technologies. You can get your privacy, you can enhance your privacy, but at the same time, this doesn't mean that um, you can't do things right that on, on certain circumstances uh, give um, specific visibility to an auditor or to to someone who needs to observe the system. Now, I don't know what that solution would look like, how you balance things out, but to me, eventually, once people realize that these technologies are here to stay, then the conversation can move forward to, okay, how do we use these to make everyone happy, to make sure that it's not being used or, or we're limiting the probability of these technologies uh, 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 that they will be used to, let's say, break the law. But at the same time, me as an individual that I care about my privacy, I can enhance my privacy. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that, that's how it goes for every innovation, right? It can be misused, but it can at the same time bring even much more good and value to the world in general. Um, and that's probably something that just has to be figured out. What's the good balance there? And like, um, yeah, letting these technologies thrive, of course. Um, no, that's a very, very good point. Um, so for, for secret network in particular, like you have the shockwave delta mainnet upgrade planned for like uh, this month, actually. So it's going to go live. Like what can we expect from that upgrade and um, what exactly does it entail? So shockwave delta, I'm, I'm particularly excited about this upgrade. It's the biggest upgrade that we've had in, in two years. So for those who don't know, Secret Network is about two and a half years old. And then exactly two years ago, um, mid-September 2020, we introduced Secret Contracts, the ability to basically run computations over encrypted data in a blockchain setting. We were the first to introduce that exactly two years ago. And Shockwave Delta is gonna be the biggest upgrade um, since then, and it's kind of fitting that it's in the two-year mark since uh, that big upgrade. Um, what Shockwave Data is going to entail is it's going to bring Secret Network to feature parity with um, other smart contract Cosmosm chains, meaning we're going to support Cosmosm V1. But we're going to support Cosmosm V1 um, with all of the 
all of the um, uh, benefits of secret network, right? Like all of the, the fact that you can encrypt data, uh, uh, encrypt inputs to your contract, encrypt outputs, uh, have the state uh, of each contract end-to-end encrypted, all of that. Uh, we ported over to Cosmos in V1. It was a lot of work, but it's all done. It's tested. Um, and then the reason I'm really, the two reasons I'm really excited about this are um, um, A, how this is going to position secret as a, as, a, as a service, as a, let's say privacy is a service chain to other Cosmos chains, because now we're going to have um, interchain accounts and we're going to have the ability to take tokens that live on secret natively and, and move them to other chains as well. Um, and this really, like, we're, we're just now starting to kind of internally scratch the surface of what can be done there. And after the upgrade, this is going to be something um, that we're going to be exploring for the next, like, three to six months. And I think we're going to see a lot of innovation uh, uh, coming out there. Uh, other than that, two other things to take into account is that the upgrade is backward compatible. So that's something that other chains, I don't think they did which means that if you already have a contract from Secret Network, you don't have to upgrade it immediately. You don't have to upgrade it at all if you don't want. Uh, we would still be able to run all the Cosmos and V10 as well as Cosmos and V1 contracts uh, simultaneously. And um, the other aspect that I think is um, um, really cool is uh, um, the fact that we are making some significant changes to uh, how the gas accounting uh, is being done on Secret Network, such that um, it's it's gonna be basically easier to do a lot of like simple transactions. Essentially, like if you're just staking, if you're just um, if you're just uh, if you if you're just staking or sending money around or all that, that's gonna be um, either at the same cost as now or even much cheaper. But then we are balancing out different operations that we've seen statistically um, uh, are too cheap right now and are not being properly accounted for. And the, the main thing that we think this will achieve is that it would make um, dApps that are, uh, let's say, less careful with how they write their contracts uh, be in a way penalized for that. And then, but at the same time, it will be able to scale to more dApps because now more dApps that do optimize the contracts and most dApps do or will do, will be able to run more of them concurrently. So I do think that there will also be a pretty big scaling benefit just from this uh, um, improvement alone. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great. And definitely something everyone can look forward to. And also for the audience listening us live today, um, if you have any questions, please put them in the comment section. Uh, we will address them later down in the episode. Uh, we still have a, a lot of uh, exciting things to talk through today and uh, probably have like some, some teasings as well for like what's going on for a secret network in the, um, in the very soon time. So yeah, stay tuned. Um, like, um, how, how do you currently see like the, um, the state of the development of DeFi applications on secret network? Um, like how, like wh where does secret stand there in terms of like, yeah, getting, getting dApps deployed and so on. Secret had a, had a horrible, let's say six months when it comes to DeFi, just, uh, how things turned out in terms of 
dabs that uh, were supposed to ship and delay the shipping, a lot of attention by a lot of people went into NFTs and stuff like that. And, it, and in retrospect, um, secret DeFi or DeFi in secret has uh, suffered quite a bit. The reason I'm very comfortable saying that openly is because I know what's coming in Q4. And uh, if you're following secret, you actually know some of these, but not all of these, but there are actually a lot of DeFi applications that are set to launch um, starting next month. So there, there's, everything is ramping up post Shockwave Delta. Like a lot of these people are waiting until after Shockwave Delta to then release their applications. And so a lot of these will come in Q4, Shockwave Delta being this month, and then um, um, October to end of the year, we'll see a lot of DeFi applications. But, and uh, um, I'm still not ready to share a lot about it, but something that we've been working um, in the secret ecosystem for the last few weeks is something that uh, you can think about it as a surge or maybe even a secret surge. And it's this uh, basically very concentrated plan where alongside all these launches coming in Q4, we will have some kind of orchestrated way, maybe even an orchestrated, let's say reward program that kind of like incentivizes a lot of new liquidity in secret. And as part of that, we're also gonna, uh, are planning to do in Q4, um, the bridge migration which basically would move ideally all liquidity from the existing ad hoc bridges that we built two years ago to the new XLR bridge. Um, and obviously alongside of that, you can imagine that there would be um, a, a significant reward campaign. And all of these together, like we're tying the pieces, but it's, it's actually much bigger than, it, than, than I'm even making it sound like. The, the, the idea is that we're gonna tie every application that launches in Secret Network or that even has launched in the past year together in a way that kind of amplifies um, 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 the entire ecosystem and brings a lot of new users into Secret. And the main tool we're gonna do that is through the new DeFi applications, AMMs, lending platforms, all of that are launching now on Secret. Awesome. So if you had to sum it up, like what, what would you say are the next big milestones for Secret after like the Shockwave Delta mainnet, which is going to happen this month? So um, until um, end of end of year is uh, obviously the upgrade now, then I think we're going to see the biggest inflow of dApps um, um, that are releasing at the same concentrated time, especially on the DeFi front, then the Secret Surge campaign, which again, not ready to share the full details, but it's gonna be big. Um, and then the other program that we're working on is something uh, uh, that's called Secret Launch. Uh, it's still in the very early stages, but the idea is to create a very concentrated um, incubator model for the top projects and teams in the network. And the idea is to basically grow projects from within the ecosystems from start to finish until they are they become very very well-funded projects that are being built on secret that's something that we're working right now it's going to be a collaboration between secret labs secret foundation um, a lot of vcs that we're talking to um, people from within the ecosystem 
And so this is also becoming a very big endeavor and milestone that we're personally putting a lot of effort into. Um, and the other, this is already like, this is gonna be huge for like the next three months. But if I'm thinking a bit longer term, um, we are actually uh, rebuilding the entire backend and infrastructure for secret. And it's gonna be hard to really wrap your head right now around the benefits that it would bring. But I can tell you that like six months to a year from now, the stuff that you will be able to do on secret network um, would be mind blowing, right? Like you can start to think about applications like uh, machine learning over encrypted data um, and stuff like that at levels and scale that are simply not possible today. Um, and a lot of things that, that, that are like that, that right now, um, there's a lot of projects that are coming to us and saying, hey, can we build this? And we're like, you know, you can kind of build this, but it won't work that great. But I think six to 12 months down the line, once we finish everything that, that we're building right now, it would be very trivial to build these projects. And you would start to see Secret and maybe even the blockchain ecosystem and Cosmos in general expand much beyond just DeFi and NFTs and GameFi to applications that I think are much more innovative and interesting. Awesome. Yeah, I, I can definitely see privacy being like a, a very big pillar of the whole like crypto stack um, for mainstream adoption. So sounds great. Really looking forward to it. Um, at the same time, next to all these things that you mentioned, obviously also you're part of the Cosmos ecosystem and Cosmos, like the, the Atom community also has like a lot of updates planned there. Um, what is referred to as Atom 2.0 and um, including like the uh, coming interchain security and all of these, like how do you see these updates will be affecting secret network, um, especially like the interchain security in Cosmos? The answer is that I don't know. Um, I think part of what we're trying to do internally is to better align uh, different major cosmos chains and 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 uh, stakeholders. So we're we're talking to the Interchain Foundation and other organizations uh, in the hub and other networks, uh, all of the major networks. And we're trying to come up with a with a joint strategic plan together, such that Cosmos can kind of grow into something bigger than just our own community and something that is is exposed to more people. And I don't know how that's going to shape up, and I don't know what Interchain Security. Um, how that's going to play a part in it uh, more generally. Um, I wish I had a better answer. I just know that everyone's kind of like thinking about this, including us, and we're all thinking about this together, which is a big improvement of how Cosmos worked until now, which was very siloed, unfortunately. Um, specifically about interchain accounts and industry security, I'm sorry. Um, there's something that if I have to guess, and, and this is what I'm seeing in the microcosmos, pardon the pun of secret, is that we may actually see different hubs emerge for different purposes. So interchange security, it actually might be something that generalizes beyond just the cosmos hub. And the reason I'm saying this is because even as we speak, like just today, this morning, I had a conversation with the team that's building a layer one but they wanna be a part of the secret ecosystem and they wanna treat secret as a hub. 
They basically want to be, they want to be, they need to be the only one because they kind of want to do stuff that's privacy enhancing and privacy related, but for various reasons should run as its own chain. Um, so we are talking about maybe they can run as an interchain security kind of like way on top of secret. And maybe that generalizes over time such that a lot of privacy projects are launching on secret. Some of them is DAP, some of them is networks using secret is interchain security where secret is the privacy hub. And obviously this is going to happen with Cosmos hub, right? If you're a new Cosmos project, why not use the hub to launch? I mean, it makes sense, but I mean, why won't Juno do something similar for whatever use cases they want or Stargaze for NFT use cases and so forth. So I think we may actually see um, um, a, lot, a lot of like micro hubs uh, forming in Cosmos. Maybe we each become like our own galaxy or something. I don't know what the right analogy is. Yeah, that's a great vision, actually. Um, secret being the privacy and even lending security to other chains to build on top of it then. And then it's just like layers on top of layers. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but is there a chance that Secret Network itself uh, would be like moving to like uh, lend security from the Cosmos Hub, for example? Or do you think uh, Secret Network will always have their own validator set? I think we will always have our own validator set. A, because like just inherently you need to run SGX or in the future other trusted execution environments. So there's no way for us to really lend security on unless we do some deeper technical integration with the hub. I don't see a way for that to actually work. Um, and even in the future, like, you know, I believe in the future, we won't be just relying on, on, on trusted execution environments. There will be some, uh, cryptographic technologies that we would uh, implement and we're already in the early stages of researching those. Um, but those again would be deeply integrated into the validator set. So um, like it's, it's gonna be hard, but you know, if there's some, some magical way where we can take our features back into the hub and then do some kind of I don't know, shared security program, then I, I mean, we'd be open to it. I don't think this is on anyone's radar on either side right now. It just like, you know, it requires too much work, essentially. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, how, how do you actually see the landscape or like the competition of privacy chains? And where, where does Secret Network position itself in the landscape of privacy chains in general? And do you also have competitors on Cosmos directly? Like, is there another potential privacy hub, for example? Right. So first of all, I want to see as much competition as we can. Competition achieves two things, actually even three things in, in this atmosphere, where, where um, let's say privacy in Web3 is still, uh, let's say, nascent and people don't know that they can do better, then more, the more competition you have, the more users are aware of this. So it helps with awareness. So it's like we're, we're all kind of helping each other. That's one thing. The other thing is that I think privacy is needed. And the more projects work, and privacy is really hard. I think privacy is actually harder than achieving consensus. And if you, if people are interested, if you go into the Secret Network blog, like a few weeks ago, I released like, the first part of uh, the privacy in Web3 primer, 
and uh, in about a week or so we'll release a second uh, and third parts um and and a it's a really interesting intro that should really educate but b it kind of explains why solving privacy is really really hard in web3 so the more people working on this i think the 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 more likely are we as an ecosystem not just cosmos the whole web3 ecosystem are to solve this problem and i want to see that um, and the third part is that competition keeps you on your toes. The more competition you have, uh, the, 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 the more you kind of, it's like a mirror to yourself and the more likely you are to work harder and kind of, you know, it's like a race and to kind of be the winner and be the competition. But again, I'm saying this, if someone wins in the privacy space, and even if it's not us, everyone wins. But maybe now I'll sound a bit more bullish about secret, I, I do think Secret is has been and is the full, the front running front runner. Um, to date, there's no real competition when it comes to general privacy preserving computation on the blockchain. There are a few others that are in testnet are trying to do similar things, um, but uh, let's say uh, it's it's not there yet, and we've been live for two years. And then there are many many solutions that are limited. And again, if you want to understand kind of like the different landscape and why other solutions are limited, for example, a lot of people think that zero knowledge proofs are like the, the, the silver bullet, and it's not. So if you want to understand why and how, go with this blog post, the one I published and the one that's coming, and it would make that clear why, how secret is different, why others are not really solving the problem of privacy in Web3. Yeah, that's great. Um... We will also link this article in the uh, uh, in the show notes here. Um, so go go check this out if you want to learn more. Um, what would you say are the considerations for like a project um, looking to build like a decentralized application or build their own blockchain or whatever? Um, like, what are the trade-offs between implementing or like integrating with Secret Network? Um, and you already mentioned like there's another L L1 kind of like considering to use like Secret Network or like build their own chain if there's a way to like launch your own chain on top of Secret Network um, instead of like doing it natively. Like um, like what is the trade-off there? Like working with Secret Network versus just doing integrating privacy directly on on their own chain. So, uh, I mean, I think integrating privacy on your own chain is intractable because again, solving privacy on layer one is extremely hard. There's no way you're gonna do it unless you focus specifically on that problem. It's a really, really hard problem. So that, I don't think that's an option. What is an option is, um, I mean, the option that most projects use today, especially outside that, that are even not familiar with secret, and I think that's an unfortunate state of affairs of Web3 in general, is that I'm gonna release a DAP, but I'm gonna run most of it on AWS and put some part of it with a token uh, on the blockchain, whatever blockchain that is. Uh, that's like all of the games that, that we've seen, like all of like play to earn games, most NFT projects, especially if there's like um, um, hidden content, unlockable content, um, many of the dApps that are not like DeFi and AMMs, like all, that's what all of them do. So I think that's, uh, uh, I mean, it works, right? And you may you you may continue to do it, but I think eventually that's not gonna scale or work, and people are gonna see right through it. 
Um, so, but the other real, real options are um, you can launch on an L1, write it like as a, as a public chain, and then use um, specific cryptography that's again going to be very, very hard and implement it yourself. Uh, some people I know do it and some, let's say, um, privacy chains that are like not general purpose, but are doing specific things are doing it. That requires a lot of expertise. And again, if you are very focused on privacy and you have a bunch of cryptographers in your team, maybe you want to do it. Maybe it's worth it. The, the more realistic option is that at some point soon, you'll be able to use secret uh, uh, using IBC or, or XLR bridge outside of IBC, Cosmos, um, uh, kind of use secret as privacy as a service. So I think that's actually going to be the winning goal for most applications that don't need a lot of privacy, but do need it for some specific things. And then for projects that, are, that need a lot of privacy, um, I think the I think I think the, the, the solutions are uh, um, launch on secret, to be honest. And then the question is, what do you pay for privacy, right? Like, what do you pay when you launch a DAP on secret compared to Juno, compared to Evmos, compared to Ethereum and whatnot? So, I think what you pay today is some performance, and that gap is is closing very very fast, and it's going to be completely closed within six to 12 months. Um, the other thing that you're paying, that you paid until now is that you didn't have feature parity because you didn't have Cosmos wasn't V1, that's so gonna be solved this month. And the last part that you're gonna continue to pay and there's no way around it, is that um, secret is private by default. So everything is private. So if you wanna, if you wanna, uh, uh, let's say if your contract does need to reveal some data, Right. Let's say let's take for example a a, a governance contract. You want to keep the votes private, but the result need to be public. Then you're gonna need to put a getter that is public that allows anyone to query it and get the the, the result. So you have a little bit of code that you need to add um, in in order to basically. I mean, whenever you don't want something private, you're gonna to have to write a little bit of code to make that public on secret, and that's a delta. But that delta is extremely small. And any develop when I think the, the wow moment that developers get when they come to our chain, they think that to get privacy, they're gonna to have to pay to, to do a lot of stuff, like to, to, to put a lot of effort. And when they figure out that this delta is like so small, then they are like mind blown. Um, so I guess that's the that's the take home message. What what would you say is like the sweet spot for developers? Like what what are the first applications that gonna drive adoption for like privacy enhancing like technologies like Secret Network, for example? Like what what are the the best use cases for privacy in Web three? You would say and like which which application application developers would you say like you you must build on Secret Network? Like this is going to be so much better than on Juno, for example. There are quite a few, and I think in every vertical. Um, so, whenever you want to do, let's 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 start with, like whenever you want to do NFTs and you want to have like secret content content or hidden content, uh, and this extends to things like, um, um, let's say, streaming services, right? Like you want to be able to stream, but you only get access if you buy like an NFT. 
right? So you need privacy so that you only you can unlock it. Now, again, you can do it on AWS, but that's, then don't use a blockchain. Um, but if you want to actually do it decentralized, um, um, then you need to use secret. And for example, we did that with the movie, uh, Kilroy was here with Kevin Smith. So he launched the movie as a secret NFT on secret. And only the and only people who minted the NFT were able to actually get access to that movie, which was really cool. Um, then DeFi, I still think that DeFi, private transactions, private swaps, like that's still something that a lot of people want. I, I can't even count the number of people who are either very well known in the Cosmos ecosystem, not just in secret, um, or have companies and projects in Cosmos who told me that they are bridging their Cosmos assets into secret to be able to pay their employees privately without the employees even being able to see or to be able to prevent people from the community from doxing them. So I still think that's a, that's a big use case. But putting these ones aside, um, uh, oh, okay, one, one last one that I think is very useful. So there's games, right? Like the, 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 the whole idea of like games on the blockchain. Now, if you're building a AAA game, then you're probably not building it on the blockchain, no matter what you're doing. You're probably just building it on Unity, running it on AWS, and putting some NFTs on the blockchain to make money. That's not that interesting. But if you're doing something like Dark Forest on Ethereum, right, where you really want the game to run on-chain, and it probably is a very a less sophisticated game, but it's a fair game. It's an actual game that no one can cheat that really uses this idea of puzzles and on-chain randomness and, and the ability to hide game state from each other, then that is like clear cut for secret. Um, and then those are like the existing low-hanging fruit use cases from the, the stuff we know, but I'm really excited about the stuff that we don't know. So the stuff that we don't know, I think the lowest hanging fruit is anything related to uh, key management, password management, all of that. So um, secret can be become like your, your, your co-signer, for example, right? You can have a wallet where if anyone compromises it, then the damage that anyone does is very limited because it's a your wallet is, is part of a multi-sig, right? Where one of the keys is stored on secret and there's a specific policy that you set on how you can use the wallet. And then even if someone compromises your wallet and it could be your ledger even, but someone can still compromise it, then you know they, they can't spend more than like $100 a day. And then you have enough time to like switch wallets or like do stuff. So like those use cases are extremely interesting. Uh, there's another similar use case like seed, seed recovery, right? Like what happens if you have a ledger device or a hardware wallet, but you lose, where do you store your, your backup seed? Um, so using secret as a, as, a, as, a, as a kind of like a password manager or, or uh, you know, key manager uh, for like uh, disaster recovery, um, that's an amazing use case that there's a team building on right now. So I think all of these uh, are very, very, very interesting and, and are probably the lowest hanging fruit. And then beyond that, you can think of other things like, um, um, I'm very excited about uh, privacy preserving machine learning and open privacy preserving machine learning. I would really wanna see secret or someone build on secret or via secret where they try to break the monopoly of the Googles and Facebook of the like and really build systems that allow people to 
contribute their data, get paid for it when it is used to um, um, train machine learning models, but without compromising on their privacy. That's something that I think it does like so much you can do there and I'm very, very interested in, but you really need privacy for it to work. And I think that's gonna be a, a great use case. Awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, some really, really good points you brought up there. Um, and so today we actually have a, a lot of people here in the audience as well. And I guess many of you are staking uh, secret tokens as well. Um, so I'm very interested from you guys, like what do you think makes a good validator on the secret network? Like what are the considerations like that are maybe a little bit different to like to other networks, like choosing a validator on secret network? Um, and are there any considerations in terms of privacy as well? That's that's actually that's a very good question. Um, I'm I'm not sure it's it's that different. I, I don't I'm not sure that the privacy aspect of secret makes such a big uh, difference. So um, uh, there's there's um, it's a bit harder to run a validator in secret. Like you need um, you're more limited in the hardware choices. And um, uh, the, the nodes need to be more scalable, at least as we resolve and improve uh, performance. Um, so the good part about it is that I think anyone in the active set on secret network has already probably climbed the higher bar than in other networks, which I think is a good thing, which is also why I think we're seeing a lot of like old school, old uh, like OG validators on secret become prominent validators on other chains because they, they already, pass for like a, I think a higher filter. So that's number one. And I'd say that the biggest difference is that the validator set on secret is generally uh, of high quality. And so if you're a staker, a delegator, you're probably gonna be okay regardless of what, of, uh, of, of, of who you go with. Um, but on any other aspect, I think it's the same. It's about community. It's about contributing to the community, participating in governance, um, um, participating in conversations. So Secret has, Secret is a very decentralized ecosystem. I think more than most, both in Cosmos and, out, and outside of it. And there's a lot of, uh, every day almost, there's like a, a daily call of a committee that is open for everyone. And a lot of people from the community are, are participating in and talking about different aspects. So like there's a development call and there's a, a governance call. And um, I think the validators who are proactive in those conversations and kind of really help to, to, to think about what can improve secret as we move forward, I think those are generally the better validators. And then obviously a lot of validators are developers. So uh, the validators are actually contribute code and quite a few of them do in, in all kinds of ways, I think, uh, always like you're always better supporting a validator that has contributed code to the network than not in my biased opinion because they a understand the network better and b they are probably like more motivated to uh, and care more about the network in your state awesome yeah some some really good points as well um so yeah um always keep that in mind when choosing a validator on on secret network um now, going over to the community questions, we actually have some very good questions here. Um, we can just address them briefly before wrapping up the show. So um, we have one from Fundamentally Crypto, which is probably like a bit more of a philosophical one. 
um, like how do you find a good balance of privacy and transparency? And what does a perfect solution look like to you? There's no perfect solution. That's the first answer. It's a trade-off. Um, I don't think even I, I think it's, uh, it depends on the use case and the need. Um, I think, I think the default should always be private and then transfer, trans, like transparency needs to be like always only the stuff that you must have to get the functionality that you want. And that is obviously, uh, context dependent, but like in machine learning, for example, um, the raw data can be encrypted. The model that is trained can be encrypted. The only thing that you really want need to to output for a user is the prediction on their specific data. Um, and even that you can add some noise like differential privacy and stuff such that you make sure that that doesn't leak any of the original input data and the model data. But my point being in this example is that it's, transparency should always be the minimum that you need. Now, in um, you know, in 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 a, in a public ledger, for example, transactions, in my opinion, should be private, in general. Like that's my thinking, and I and I think this is a this is a very this is a very big problem, and and this is not this is a first approximation of the solution. But there's this question of how can we keep ledgers private, right? How can I send you money without anyone else seeing it? But then how can we appease, for example, a regulator that wants to say, look, I know there's a terrorist that used the system. How can we make sure that they didn't use the, use the system? Now, first of all, the answer is, look, they, they're already using cash, which is your system. And so don't make us go like, like fix your system before you fix ours. But putting that aside, maybe, maybe like, let's say there are very, very rare circumstances such that a, a regulator can come in and show like a subpoena that they are uh, allowed to do a query on the everyone's aggregate encrypted data to get like a probability output, right? Like let's say a regulator has a suspicion that North Korea use uh, some, uh, use Monero for example, or some other private token. Can that regulator come in, query the system, prove to everyone that there's, let's say, 90% probability or whatever the number that everyone decide that a specific bad actor use the system and they are gonna query from the system the balance of the transaction history of only that user. Like, I think there's some interesting balancing there when it comes to privacy versus transparency that we can have a discussion about. But it always needs to be the minimal that's needed. Yeah. Okay, cool. And we, we have another question here, which is like, how is a secret network legally compliant? That also ties a little bit into the previous answer. Not a lawyer, but <laughs> what I can say is this. Secret is an extremely decentralized ecosystem. It's an open ecosystem. So for all intents and purposes, there's no one that controls it. So I think it's gonna be very, very hard to make any claim. But that said, everything that we're building when it comes to code, we, are, we, we do have like compliance in mind. So for good and bad, 
all the base transactions on secret are transparent. So secret is like any other Cosmos chain in Ethereum when you're sending money, but you can opt in and wrap your, your tokens and turn them into private tokens, right? Um, but even then you have the ability to share a viewing key and a report so that you are compliant. And even then developers in their dApps can put mechanisms in place to be compliant. So the key aspect of secret, and that's where secret actually shines compared to others, is that we have this idea of programmable privacy. You can always program in privacy, but you can always program in transparency, like I gave in other examples, as required or as the system needs it. But again, that's a decentralized decision that is not our decision to make. That is all of the, de the developers that are building on secret, each one of them should make the decision on where they draw the line between privacy, transparency, compliance. We only yeah. give the tools. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you are like secret network itself is just like a infrastructure or like, yeah, in providing the, the privacy infrastructure and everyone building on top of that obviously have to, um, yeah, consider all of these things. Um, we have one last question for today, um, also from the audience here. So there's already a large trend of large companies to adopt DeFi, NFTs and everything. Um, why is privacy still not something intrinsic to blockchains as it's extremely necessary? I think two reasons. I think we are still smaller than we think we are in general. So I think in, I'll, I'll, let's take user experience in crypto uh, sucks. It's really bad compared to Web2. But because crypto is still that relatively small, we are willing to basically live with it. And I think in many cases, people are willing to live with limited UX, limited security, and limited privacy who are in crypto. That's reason number one. Reason number two is, and I think that is, again, unfortunate uh, turn of events, but a lot of projects are kind of like doing everything centralized and then kind of sprinkling blockchain and crypto on top because it makes it easier to raise money from VCs and get money from people and, and all that. Um, and their solution to privacy is basically running everything centrally and then having a token or an NFT or something like that. And I think that that actually hinders, like it gives a false sense of confidence that you don't need privacy in blockchain because people don't know better. But again, I think both of these will change in time. Awesome. Yeah, that's some, some great last words. And I'm really looking forward to the, the future of Signet uh, and privacy in general for the whole blockchain space. Um, so I think there's, we are still extremely early. There's still a lot to come. Um, and especially a lot of things that we haven't even explored and uh, digged into yet. So that's very exciting. Um, for like, where, where do you see, what is the best way to stay on top of Secret Network? Like what's going on in the ecosystem? What's going on for you guys at Secret Labs? Um, how can the audience follow like all the recent, all the, all the new like upcoming upgrades, everything that's coming up? So, uh, I mean, Twitter is great. You can follow Secret Network on uh, Twitter, uh, Secret Net, at Secret Network, or follow Secret Labs more concretely. Uh, which is secret underscore labs. Um, we are we at Secret Labs. We're trying to give like more like technical stuff and highlights and things that are a bit deeper. So if you want deeper content, look at that. You can also follow me at Guy Zis. 
Um, and there's obviously our Discord. If you want to be part of the community, a, a real part, go to our Discord and then maybe participate in one of those daily calls that, that you will see popping up like every day at like 10 or 11 a.m. Eastern time. Um, and uh, finally, there's the uh, Secret Agents program. Secret Agents is like, if you really want to be dig deeper and become like a, a more integral part of the ecosystem and get like a, a deeper insight, then uh, 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 get, uh, apply or, or look into the Secret Agents program. And you can see that and many other things in the website of uh, scrt.network. Um, uh, you can find that there and pr pretty much like all of the uh, Twitter handles, Discord, like you can also find uh, there as well. Awesome. Really cool. Um, so yeah, guys, check this out. Um, and thank you so much for being on the, on the show, Guy. Um, it was an uh, amazing episode. I think we learned a lot today. Um, a lot of exciting things coming for a secret network there. Um, and for everyone watching, uh, make sure like check out the uh, previous episodes of Staking Mondays as well. Um, stay up to date. Just subscribe to the channel. Um, we will also be holding like a, a staking summit on 8th of November in Lisbon uh, as an in-person summit. If anyone like anyone into staking or if you want to learn more about staking, if you are a validator yourself, um, feel free to join. Um, we'll have a full day of learning, collaborating um, for proof of stake and staking there. Um, and yeah, let us know who you would like to see next on Staking Mondays. Um, for Guy, for the audience, I'm Mirko and as always, happy staking. <laughs>